Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We are so grateful you have come to join us. We would love to invite you to one of our in-person services. To find out times, locations, and more about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Thank you. Speeding me up already. I don't know where you're at in your journey with God. I know some of us have been um, in church all our life, and Easter becomes a very familiar story to us, um, maybe over-familiar at times, that it, that it loses its power. Maybe today uh, you're here and you're, you kind of come out at church. It's maybe your first time, second time, third time. You're so welcome here today, and, and it's all new to you. And many of us would find ourselves somewhere between those two extremes. I didn't grow up in a church environment, but my family during Easter time, we would, uh, we would celebrate in Christmas time, we would celebrate. And we had a whole bunch of ideas. It was generally a little bit of the, the, uh, the gospel story mixed in with a whole bunch of other ideas that we'd taken on. I'm thankful for my family, but I didn't grow up knowing the good news of Jesus Christ, the reality of the resurrection. It's Kalila's birthday today. The birthday girl, one year old today. Hey, sweetie. It's your birthday. You can do what you want to in this place. It's okay. We are, and so I want to talk a little bit about a story from Scripture we find in, in Luke chapter 24. And this is after the events that have taken place. Jesus has been betrayed and arrested. I believe that video, I think, creatively presented the story so well, um, if that's your jam. For some people, that was like, that was too creative for me. I'm more logic. But Jesus was uh, three years of ministering and miracles, and the anticipation was building. This is the one who's going to deliver Israel from the Roman occupancy. This is the one who's going to overthrow the enemy and lead us into victory. But then he is arrested, trialed, falsely tortured, crucified on the cross. If we were there without the benefit of hindsight and we'd seen and we were a part of what Jesus was doing, what would we be feeling? Probably some confusion. This was the one who was meant to set us free, but we just saw him nailed on a cross and put in a tomb. Maybe anxiety would rise. Prior to that three years, people had found themselves in an oppressive, restricted, religious-bound society where it was you were never enough to measure up to God or you were considered not worthy of measuring up to God. And Jesus had come and reversed that story. Jesus had turned that on upside down on its, on its head, but then he was dead on the cross. But resurrection becomes the reality. Luke chapter 24 if you have your Bibles there with you, you can turn there. It'll come up on the, the big giant screen there behind me. And we're going to walk through together, just like we find two disciples who are walking after those events have taken place. It says in chapter 24, verse 13, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Amos, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Two of who? Who's the them? There were some of the followers of Jesus. The events have just taken place in Jerusalem. The place where they should be is back in Jerusalem with the other people, the other community, the followers. But they have found themselves walking away from the place they've meant to have been. I don't know if you've ever found yourself walking away from the place that you know you're meant to have been. I know I have in, in life that I know that I'm meant to be doing this, but 
how have I ended up walking away over here? Well, this is what's taking place with these two disciples. Their Savior has been has crucified, has been killed, and they've left the place they were meant to go. I think that's a message for some of us today that maybe we've left the place that we're meant to be and God's calling us back in connection in that place. It says in verse 14, and they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened, like the things we saw on the video. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself, so this is the risen Jesus, drew, drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. I love this. This is sneaky Jesus. Sneaky Jesus, they're walking along the track. They're talking about Jesus, how he was just dead. And all of a sudden, Jesus pops up. Hey, guys, what's going on? But they, wouldn't, they didn't recognize him. I don't know if you have ever been through something and you're in a moment and you're conflicted and you're hurt and you're confused and you haven't been able to see God in your situation. I know I've been there. Good. I see some other people are nodding and have been there too. I think maybe many of us have been there. In the moment, we're like, God, where are you? God, you're not with me in this time. Why, I need you now. And may I suggest, just like the disciples who are walking on track, that maybe that God is right there, we just can't see Him. Maybe our eyes are just covered up in that situation because of circumstance, because of sickness, because of um, confusion, because the, the promise from God didn't actually work out how we thought it would work out. And we're stuck in a moment, to quote Bono from you too, get stuck in a moment and we actually miss that God is right there in our midst the whole time. I, I've had moments in my life where I was like, God, where are you? Where are you? But then it takes a week or a couple weeks or a couple months or a couple years. And you can look back and you can see God's hand upon every single moment where you felt lonely. That's some of us here today. It's good to recognize that even when we can't see Jesus, even when we can't feel him, he is right there with us in our midst. These guys have been through it. And here's the word today for some of us. Just because you can't recognize God in your current moment doesn't mean he's not with you. Verse 17, and he said to them, so Jesus, sneaky Jesus has arrived, resurrected Jesus. He said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad as they should given the circumstances around them. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? This is just a hilarious scene that's taking place. Let's, I, I love it because there's funny moments in the Bible. These, they're saying to Jesus, the son of God, the one who knows everything, are you the only one who doesn't know what's going on? I find it funny. He said, and he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus, a man who was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things have happened. It's amazing how quickly for the disciples and how quickly for you and I that Jesus can go from being present to past tense. I don't know if you noticed that in the scripture. 
Um, it's just been a couple of days here, a few days, and they'd seen years of miracles. They'd seen years of deliverance. They had seen years of moments, but this is how they refer to Jesus. They said, uh, concerning Jesus, a man who was a prophet. And it goes on and says, we had hoped that he was going to be the one. Now, I'm not being hard on these guys because we would be in the exact same, but how quickly in my life, and perhaps you can relate, we can turn God's power and his presence and what he is doing into a was or had moment when God is actually in the present now with us. Yes, Jesus was mighty in deeds. No, he is mighty in deeds. Yes, well, when I gave my life to Jesus, well, what about giving your life to Jesus every day as we do? When Jesus saved me, but guess what? He's saving us now. When God healed me, he has healing for you now. When God gave me a dream and a vision for my life, and that, or when I went on a missions trip in the past, or when I was on fire for God, well, guess what? We can take our past tense and make it present tense when we're with Jesus. It says that we had hoped, but they're about to get the revelation of resurrection, and their had hope will turn into now hope because Jesus is with them. Let's be careful with our with our tense in things. Yes, we celebrate like like Pastor B there, my amazing wife, highlighted to us that it's, it's great to look back at things, but are you looking forward to things as well? Are you looking where God is coming on the horizon? Are you looking where He is in the moment? Some of us have relied on the moment that we got baptized, which is a beautiful thing, but guess what? God wants to baptize us every single day in His presence if we wake up and allow ourselves to be washed with Him again. Some of us used to be on fire for God, but life has worn us down. I don't know about you. Does life ever wear you down? Yeah, oh, good. I'm in good company today. It can be tough. It can be hard. Some of you guys here today are facing circumstances I can't even imagine. And guess what? Maybe I have some stuff going in in my life that you can't even imagine. We all have things. They look different. They wear us down. But God is the God of hope. God is on the horizon. He didn't just do something. He's doing something, and he wants to do something for us today. And this is what it's connected with. Spoiler alert. It's connected with freedom. It's connected with grace. It's connected with mercy. And it's connected with the resurrection power. The same resurrection power that rose Christ from the dead is here with us today, ready to resurrect your situation, resurrect where you've gone tired, resurrect where life has beat you down. Resurrection power is in the house today because of what Jesus did. Amen? Amen. I got to get going here. Hey, I got to get moving on. We're walking through the scriptures. We're going on a walk with a clear path and the other disciple, the unnamed one here today, and sneaky Jesus has popped up, but he is not just in the past tense. He is in the present. He is in the future, as we're going to see. Verse 22, Cleopas is still explaining to Jesus about Jesus here, and he says, Moreover, some of the women of our, co our company amazed us. This was Mary and, and Mary Magdalene, two Marys there and some of the others. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. So some of us who were there with us went to the tomb, and they found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So the disciples here, Mary um, I, I love the Bible. I really love the Word of God. Lord, I pray today that it's the Word of God that goes away in this place. And things that are of me, Lord, are, are not remembered, but things that are of you. Because it's the Word that has the power to change us. 
if we let it. But I love the Word of God because, you know, many of us here believe and, and have faith and trust the Word of God. But historically, um, it has so much uh, credentials, more credentials than anything else that the truth is in it. And one of the little little things that we might not realize is the fact that if you're going to make up a story in the time that it was written and the place that it was written, you wouldn't do it this way. Women in that time, in that era, um, weren't even allowed to give witness in court because it wasn't considered that they had anything valid to say. We know that's, that's not true. It's um, actually the opposite. Amen? Any husbands there? Thank you. Thank you. Getting you some points there. But they, they wouldn't be justified. But the Bible chooses to be the first people that interact with God and to give the report of His resurrection are the women at the tomb. Jesus is for, for women, obviously, but that's not something you'd make up if you were going to make up a story. You wouldn't. You'd say, no, some very respectable, law-abiding people arrived at the tomb, and, and they saw it. And because their opinion counts, that's what, no. But the Bible isn't interested in making up a story. It's interested in truth of what actually took place. And this is just one of those little snippets in the entire story that if you were going to make it up, you wouldn't write it that way, but it's not. It's the truth, and that's why it's reported, and that's why it has power to this day in our life. So more of some of the women of the company, they saw this picture. We went out. We saw the empty tomb, but we didn't find Jesus. Then Jesus. So they're telling Jesus about Jesus. And then it says, And Jesus said to them, Oh, foolish ones, and, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses, so Jesus, beginning with Moses and um, all the prophets. So what's that talking about? All the Old Testament prophetic words and all the moments and all the stories in the Old Testament that foreshadowed the coming of the Christ and what was going to take place. He, he interpreted to them all the scripture, the things concerning himself. See, the entire Old Testament points us to Jesus. And he gives the greatest Bible study on the planet where he gets there. Jesus is sitting down, greatest Bible teacher of all time, teaching the scriptures about how it's fulfilled in him. If I was at that Bible study, today's sermon would be so much better. This was like a, a great Bible study. It's one of those things that I believe when we get to go to heaven, um, we get to time travel and see moments in history. That's just my belief. I'm allowed, I'm entitled to that. And I'm going to travel back to this moment and get Jesus teaching about Jesus to the disciples. But here's the interesting thing that takes place, as we'll see in a moment. They've heard about the entire scripture They've heard the words taught by Jesus himself of how it's fulfilled, yet they still don't recognize him. Isn't that fascinating? You see, posture is so important in if we're going to receive God or not. How are we positioned? Are we open to hearing from him? Knowing the scriptures alone aren't, doesn't necessarily mean that you'll recognize Jesus. I believe the Word of God is powerful. It is, is inerrant. It is full authority. It's not just another book. It is the book. It is the Word of God. But we know that even the devil quotes Scripture in the Bible. So knowing the Scripture, this is a fascinating thing. We can know all the Scripture, but it doesn't necessarily mean we'll recognize Jesus in the moment. That's what takes place here. 
We'll see the greatest Bible teacher showing them all the scriptures, the Son of God showing the prophetic fulfillment throughout scripture. But because of their circumstances, because they're downcast, because they're looking back and they're not looking forward, they don't see Jesus in that moment. Never underestimate the impact of how you posture yourself of whether you're going to experience God or not. Cynicism, um, getting focused on our circumstance, getting caught up in the ways of this world, which I don't know if you've been out uh, in our city lately or maybe you're visiting from somewhere else, but you can feel it in the atmosphere. There's a restriction on our lives. There's anxiety. People are too busy. People maybe have a lot of stuff but don't have anything at all. Maybe people don't have anything at all, literally. People are fine, trying to find value and, and security. And we all do this as well. We try to find it in things rather than God. And there's a, a loneliness and a self-consumed um, cry underneath subconsciously. People are looking for God, but they don't know where to look. And we get caught up in the moment, and if we don't posture ourselves, even with all the Scripture in the world, and even with God standing right there with us, we can, cannot see Him. But God gives us a way to be able to see Him through Christ and through Christ alone. But never underestimate your posture before God. It's amazing that someone can come into church, sit next to someone else in church, one person is moved to tears, and the other person had a horrible time. Um, not that anyone would ever have a horrible time in church, right? Am I right? But that's the reality. And, and, and what's the difference? Well, there's a few things going on. There's stuff in our life that tries to distract us. Um, I'm not immune to that, even as pastor of the church. I have distractions going on as well. There's posture before God. There's the moving of the Holy Spirit. There's many dynamics. But quite often, it's how are we positioning ourselves to hear from God today? And then when we position ourselves in a, in a place where we're seeking God, the Scripture says um, that uh, if, if we seek God, we will find Him. So even if it's a day where we have amazing worship like we did today, or it's a service where we don't have worship, even if um, it's a preach that's incredible and great and the sermon's amazing, or if it's me speaking um, and it's not that way, or if it's a, something else we're doing in church, doesn't matter what's taking place. If we position ourselves to seek God, we will find Him, and He will speak to us. And we don't let circumstance dictate to us whether we're going to experience God. When you step in, come expectant, you're going to experience His presence, and He will show up. i got to get preaching. Can someone say, keep preaching? preaching. Okay, I will. <laughs> so they've heard the Bible study from Jesus. They still haven't quite figured out who it is. And in verse 28, so they drew near to the village which they were going. He acted as if he was going further, but they urged him strongly to stay, saying, stay with us for it's towards evening and the day is not far spent. So they haven't quite figured out it's Jesus, but there's something about this guy that they want to stay connected with. So he went in to stay with them. He went and when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and their eyes were opened. And they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. I love it. So it's just a funny story. Jesus has been walking with them for miles. 
been talking with them. They've been telling Jesus about Jesus. He starts to teach what's happened. Um, but it's actually in a sit-down moment across the table, a moment of intimacy, of fellowship that, ha- that is taking place where their eyes go from not recognizing to recognizing Jesus. And then he vanishes just like that. We'll see why he does that soon because obviously we're building towards the, the public resurrection announcement. But anyway. That's just a funny thing to me. Let's keep going. They said, uh, and their eyes were open and they recognized him. Today, some of our eyes are going to be opened and we're going to recognize Jesus in a new way. I feel like there's people today in this room that maybe it's been in the last couple months that your eyes have been opened to Jesus and that you've been hopeless and all of a sudden you have a hope. And the beautiful thing about the journey with Christ is that our eyes are continuously getting open to how amazing he really is and how beautiful he is. I was at Stations of the Cross. This was where we um, reflected on Good Friday. And I was talking to a, a man who grew up in church all his life, had been to a Stations of the Cross. So this is where we look at Scripture and reflect on the journey to the cross all his life. Um, but, but this year was different for him. He'd gone through the motions. He'd done church. He'd done Scripture. He'd been in all that. But there was a different recognition in his eyes this year than there was other years. And guess what? He was emotional. He was moved. He was a blubbering mess. He had walked through for years and years. He'd had the knowledge of God, but he actually experienced him and recognized him in a different way. And was sharing with me this. He said, I've been to church every day of my life. I've grown up. I've always called myself a Christian. I've always thought I was following God. But there's something different this year about last year where I recognize Jesus in a different way. And we were chatting about this. And I believe the recognition, the difference is the reality of resurrection in his life. The reality of serving a risen king rather than just reading about and learning about someone who laid their life down for us and was a good moral character. No, he is risen and he is king. And they saw this difference. So in this moment, um, yeah, thus, let me finish out the scripture here and then close with a thought and some prayers today. It says, their eyes were open. They recognized him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. They returned to the place they were meant to be. They returned back to their purpose, back to where God had them in the first place. They returned back to Jerusalem. And it says that they found the 11, so the 11 apostles and and those who were with them gathered together, saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. What took place in this moment after they walked with Jesus? Well, resurrection became a reality. And it changed everything. Changed in their life, their posture before God. It changed their journey of where they were going. They were going to one place, then they got up and they went back to another place. Why? Because of the reality of the resurrection power of God. They didn't just hear. They'd already heard from Mary and the ladies at the tomb that Jesus had had risen. They already heard it. But they actually experienced the resurrection in this moment. Guess what? It's one thing they hear about the resurrection, but the life change and the thing that matters is are we experiencing the resurrection and the resurrected king in our lives? Maybe you've heard all your life about resurrected Jesus, but is that a reality in your world today? Is that a reality in mine? It can be. And it is. 
And I'm surrounded by people today who are posturing themselves in a place where we don't just want to know about God, we want to know God. Amen? I don't just want to know about God, I want to know God. I don't want to hear just about the miracles that he performed. I want that to inspire me to go out in faith and perform miracles. I don't want to just hear about the healing that took place for somebody else. I, know, I want to know that the resurrected power of God gives me access to healing with him. Resurrection needs to become a reality for you and I for it to have the power that it was intended. Resurrection to the disciples becomes revealed to them in that moment. Resurrection became a reality. It goes from we thought Jesus was going to redeem us. We thought Jesus was, was going to deliver us. We thought that he was a prophet to he is risen. And he is. It goes from past tense to present tense in a moment where resurrection became reality. Today, my prayer, my hope is that for all of us, resurrection would become more of a reality in our life today. Because when resurrection becomes reality, everything changes. The disciples are walking to Jerusalem. They're, they're, sorry, from Jerusalem. They've left the place that they were, should have been. But a moment with the resurrected king changed the trajectory of their walk back to Jerusalem, back in connection, back in fellowship, where they were meant to be. And they get to go on and witness Jesus arriving in the flesh after this, this story. A moment with God can change our direction forever. Resurrection power changes the way we're going. Has anybody in this place been going down a path, going into darkness, going down, and, and, and maybe to the point where you're looking around, you're going, I should be dead, but a moment with the resurrected king changed your life forever. Is there anybody in this place that's experienced resurrected power that takes it from just information? Yeah, well, let's praise God and continue to step out. Resurrection power has been in this place Resurrection power is present for us. And if you're not experiencing that, guess what? You can. The invitation is for all. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that none shall perish, but all shall have eternal life. All. But it requires us to have the eyes to see him for who he is. If I can invite Adele back, and, and the worship team actually can get set. But I'm not quite finished yet. So steady on there, guys and gals. The death of Jesus is really important. I hope we had a chance to reflect. I hope we take a moment every day to, to recognize. As much as we celebrate Easter weekend with the death and, and burial and resurrection, actually for a follower of Christ, that's something we should celebrate every day. Because it's what matters. And and. What we see here at Easter between Friday where God is killed and on a cross and there's no hope, and then to Sunday we see from death to life. We see from hopelessness to hope. We see from powerless where he emptied out his power to all powerful, where he's popping up, walking with the disciples. Here, touch the, touch the hands, touch the feet, I'm here. The next story after this one is another sneaky Jesus moment where he floats through the wall. Why? Because he's now in his full power of God. And then he goes on to ascend to heaven. And I encourage you to, to dive into the Word of God. And maybe today, in amongst, it might be busy for some of us. So I hope you have a chance to hang around and eat with us and meet. But 
Maybe you get to go for a walk and just picture yourself like those disciples going for a walk. See, they were walking, just the two of them talking and discussing, but Jesus actually pops up and was walking with them. And through the power of God and through the spirit that has been departed to all of us, when we walk, even if we're walking alone, remember you actually are walking with God. When you go to work this week or when you try to find a job or you go to school or you just get out of bed this week, you're not getting up alone. You're getting up with the presence of God. He is with you always. And it's a beautiful picture. The death of Jesus is really important, but the resurrection is equally no more important than the death. The scripture tells us this, Romans 8 verse 34. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus, the one who died, more than that, who was raised. So the Apostle Paul says, hey, Christ died for you. This is an amazing display of God's love for you. But more importantly, that is the resurrection. The death is a demonstration of God's love for you and I. The resurrection is a demonstration of God's power over death and that He is all-powerful. The death on the cross is Jesus laying His life down. The Bible tells us that that is the ultimate act of love, to lay your life down for someone else. And we're actually called to pick up our cross and now lay our life down for someone. What does that represent? That represents love, but resurrection represents the power of God, the glory of Christ, that He is the Almighty and His power now lives in you and I. Romans 8 verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I'm, I'm gonna, I mustn't, the microphone mustn't be on. I'm gonna say that one again. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The Spirit of God who, that is like, oh, my head's about to explode. I don't even know what to do with that. But what I do wanna do with that is not just let it be words on a page, but let resurrection become reality in my life every day of my life. That I have access and availability to the resurrection power of God. Some of us today came in and we're feeling dead on the inside. We're feeling purposeless. We're feeling like there's no hope. We're feeling like we've peaked out and there's not much more to life left and we don't know what to do. Guess what? Resurrection can come to your life. Hopelessness can become hopeful again. The power of God that raised, raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and I. Just as God who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Amazing. I, I hope today this has been encouraging in some way. We're going to pray because more than that, I, I want the power of God to impact all of us and, and touch all of us. And, and we celebrate today a risen King. A risen King. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. That's what we think about at Easter. That's what we reflect on. But there was another resurrection that took place. And this is kind of my what I wanted to pray into. Um, we see just a, a little bit before this story when Jesus was still not the risen king yet. He was walking and talking and ministering. Um, in verse 38 of the Gospel of John 11, we see that Jesus actually raises a dead man. Lazarus. Have you heard this story before, Lazarus? Um, and he did that. That was a foreshadowing of his power over death. He also did it because of his compassion and because of his love. And I love that, that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. Um, but we see in this passage that he, 
one of the most powerful and shortest scriptures. If you're like me, sometimes scriptures are hard to remember, but this is one worth remembering in chapter John 11. Jesus wept. I think we can all remember that, but there's so much power in that, that Jesus wept. Jesus was moved. Jesus had compassion for his friend. Even though he knew he was about to raise him from the dead, he still took a moment to weep. I wouldn't be doing that. I'd be like looking at everyone else weeping and I'd be like, oh, you guys don't even know I'm about to do something pretty cool here. But he stopped and he wept. Anyway, that's not the point because what we're talking today is I, I believe we've come in, some of us have come in today with things that God wants us to cast off and to not let us hold down anymore. And, and if you don't know Jesus in this place, I'm gonna give us an invitation to meet Him, recommit your life. But the other invitation is I want to pray, but it's more about my, it's less about my prayers as it is about your response in faith, that you have something that God's rising up in you that you're aware of, particularly the word addictions comes to me, but we can all be addicted to things. That doesn't just mean an actual addiction to a drug or alcohol, though God can set us free from that, amen? It could be a, a secret addiction that's in this world we live in. There's so many people who are addicted to pornography, addicted to things. But it could be addicted to our screens, our Instagram. It could be addiction to pride. It could be being addicted to the fact that we have pride, that we're not addicted to something. That can be an addiction. What is an addiction? It's something that tries to hold us back to restrict us, to hold us captive, to hold us bound, and to stop us from stepping into the freedom that Christ has won for us. The Bible says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And so if you have something in your world today, if I have something in my world today that is stopping me from entering into freedom, then I would be able to call that an addiction. We get so addicted, just like in the Bible, the Israelites, they're getting out of Egypt, but they keep looking back and wanting to go back to slavery, even though they're entering into freedom. And when it's uncomfortable and tough in life, how easy is it for us to look back to Egypt and go, I'd rather be in captivity because at least I knew what I was getting then. When actually just through, if we kept on going and we keep pushing through and God's working stuff out in us, we get to enter into freedom. But we get addicted to slavery. God wants to set us free from that today. So this story, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And after the story, they're at the tomb. The people are gathered around. Jesus says this. When he teaches them a little bit about faith and what's coming up, he says in 11 verse 43, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. That is what I believe Jesus is saying to those things that are holding us captive today. Unbind them and let them go. Unbind them and let them go. Some other translations of the Scriptures say, Lazarus, take off your grave clothes. And so what was happened, Jesus called, the invitation was for Jesus, it was for Lazarus to rise and step out of the tomb. What he actually had to step out of the tomb, it actually takes a step for us. But you can step out of the tomb and still have your grave clothes on. 
Maybe today we've given our life to Jesus. We know that He's the Son of God. He set us free, but we still have some grave clothes on. And God is wanting us to cast those off today and walk out those doors as free people. He is the risen King. And His resurrection power is for you and I as well. Amen. So let's just close our eyes in a moment where we can look to God and also out of respect for each other. We're going to end with a song today. But before we enter that song, I want to pray for anybody who knows they have grave clothes on and you want to cast them off today. We all could put our hand up, but you're particularly feeling today the Spirit's leading you. And maybe you have an addiction and maybe you've tried to break this addiction for years and years and years. And today, Jesus is saying, hey, stop trying and accept the resurrection power. Stop focusing on the addiction. Focus on me because freedom is in me is what God would say to you today. But you want to make that step of faith today that you're done with the grave clothes and you want to enter into resurrection power. You're done with being in the tomb. You want to step out and experience life again as God has it. You've been walking away from Jerusalem like the disciples, but you want to enter back to that place where God has you in connection with Him. If that's you today and eyes are closed out of respect for each other, would you, before me, but really before the Lord, just give me a wave. Put your hand up. And what you're doing, thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. There's these grave clothes coming off today. And this is an action because the Word of God's great, but we actually need a step of faith. And what you're doing is you're saying to the Lord, you want to exit the tomb, cast off the grave clothes and step into the freedom that He has. So just give me a wave and I'll include you in this prayer. But more than that, you're acknowledging before God. Yeah, amazing that you want to leave free free today. In the name of Jesus. Hey, if there's anyone else here and you've never given your life to Jesus today, would you put your hand up? And I'd love to be able to lead you in a prayer today for that. Yeah, we see. I see hands going up. So I'm going to pray both prayers for this. But just position yourself in a place to receive from God before we finish out the service. I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you, God. You are risen and you are resurrected and you have resurrection power. Your word says the same power that resurrected you from the cross the same power that took you off the nails that had you pinned to the to the cross the same thing that the same power that took you out of the tomb lord the same thing that resurrected you over death and that you entered into life lives in all of us so lord for those who are bound up for those who are nailed down today those who are tied up in grave clothes for those who have something that's keeping them trapped and pinned down to the freedom you have for them we pay we pray today for resurrection power to enter in lord in faith we stand and we declare today we are leaving today as free people because of what you've done on the cross. Lord, I pray that the strength of addictions, the strength of drugs, of alcohol, of pornography, of pride, of Instagram, of food addiction, whatever is holding people captive today, right now we speak to that addiction and say, take your place. You have no right over your sons and daughters, over God's sons and daughters. So addiction, you are under our foot and we trample it in the name of Jesus and we leave it in the tomb and we exit that tomb today in freedom. I want you to get a picture of yourself leaving that thing in the tomb. Like Lazarus had to leave his grave clothes behind. They unbound him and they brought him out. Today we're standing in faith and we're bringing you out of that tomb. So I want you to picture yourself leaving that behind and walking into freedom. And then anytime that tries to rear its ugly head in your life this week, you kick that out the door again and say, no, 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 I dealt with you. No, I didn't deal with you. Christ dealt with you on the cross. Because of His freedom, because of His resurrection, I'm leaving that addiction 
destruction behind. I'm stepping into freedom, and it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And we thank you, Lord, for those today who are placing their faith in you for the first time, God. We thank you, God, that all we need to do is trust in you. We don't trust in going to church. We don't trust in reading our Bible. We don't trust in praying, although these are things we get to do. It's not those things that earn our salvation, Lord. It's only through Christ and what you did on the cross and then your death, burial, resurrection. We place faith in you today that you are who you said you are. You did what you said you did. And you made the great exchange on the cross, our filthy rags and our unrighteousness for your righteousness. We don't deserve it, Lord. None of us do, but we accept it in faith today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I believe in free people are leaving today. Amen. Free people. So have a, have a happy Sunday. We're going to sing and praise to end the service. Then Pastor Brittany's going to close the service today. After service, we're going to eat. But I'd love to pray with anybody today. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time today, I'd love to talk to you about that. And we are going to have an amazing, amazing week ahead of us as we leave free people. So let's stand. Let's praise the Lord. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you would like to give to our church, go to myc3church.ca. See you next week.